shots fired. Industry rule number 4080. Record company people are shady. So kids, watch your back, cause I think they smoke crack. I don't doubt it. Look at how they act. Yo, what's up? This is Jeff Weiss. You're tuning into Shots Fired, a podcast about hip hop and half smoke joints. A little later on, we're going to have as our guest Dan Weissman, who was the former manager of Wale, Big Sean, and Mike Posner. We're also going to have on Lior Brown, who runs the Mighty Shots, uh, the Mighty Friends of Friends label. And he also manages Selva and Shlomo and is a DJ himself. And uh, yeah, we're going to be. Uh, Talking about the record industry, the quirks of the industry, funny stories, how people make it, how people don't make it. And uh, I'm sitting here next to the neon clad no can do. What's going on? Uh, man, what isn't <laughs> going on, dude? Uh, right now, Pitchfork is setting up some... It's funny that we have Lior on because I have a studio called the Cosmic Zoo and Pitchfork is setting up some... Like, you know, they do these weird video things oh, where cool. they bring two artists together. They're setting it up in the studio, and then I have to go thereafter. Oh, really? And it's with Leor's artist, Shlomo. Oh. Shlomo and that singer, uh, singer Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Really? Yeah, birthday sex guy. Yeah. Yeah. He has, like, a like a remix of one of his songs. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Girl, you know why. Girl, you know why. Dude, I never got any birth. That birthday sex is a fucking myth. Cause you know what, you, you get birthday arguments before you get birthday sex, and yeah. then it ends up being makeup sex. Birthday makeup sex is probably pretty good though. Uh, it's I almost mean, as good as birthday conjugal visit sex. <laughs> In California, they don't do conjugal vi- visits, so I don't even know. Like, they don't do conjugal visits. I don't think they do conjugal visits. I think that's some southern shit. In the south, yeah, like in the south, you can't do anything, but you can get a conjugal visit. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. No, I've. Uh, we were at Low End Theory last night, and uh, yeah, no, I should have wait. I'm sorry, I always do this because yeah. I'm a self centered fuck, or yeah. I'm slow. <laughs> so, man, what's going on with you, Jeffrey? Um, God, I don't know. Are you I, rolling weed right now? Is that a lifesaver? No, it's a lifesaver. I already smoked half a joint. It's it's one o'clock in the afternoon. I have nothing going on in my life. How many lifesavers do you got? <laughs> you want a lifesaver? If you have any of those pineapple ones, like the clearish kind of like you know, I'm just gonna clear it all out. <laughs> it's like yeah no actually we um i was at low end theory and daddy kev came up to me and he was like i think ronaya is here if you don't know who ronaya is <laughs> it's basically the man impersonating a woman who was behind uh the entire kind of uh, monte teo scheme so we're going to kind of analyze his music a little later but i think first we're going to talk, talk about you know the business what like what even i don't know what do you think what do you what do you see for this magical episode that we're about to have james i think this <laughs> this is what's gonna happen we're gonna try to talk about how to make it in the industry how to make it or how not to make it how not to make it but what's gonna end up happening is shots are gonna be fired all over the motherfucking place uh, pow pow bang you're <laughs> <laughs> gonna take covert big sean shots subtle uh, shit. Yeah, Scooter Braun used to manage uh, Wale, Big Sean. Uh, no, Dan Weissman. <laughs> oh, what's, oh shit! Oh shit! I gave the tail. <laughs> uh, Dan Weissman used to manage Big Sean and Wale and uh, what's uh, Mike Posner? Mike Posner and you the know, drug dealer girl song. Oh, yeah. He's responsible for that. Well, the mixtape about nothing was what? like actually one of his. Uh, mm. Dan grew up in. Uh, 
Beverly Hills. His dad's a film director. Mm-hmm. Very in tuned with the Seinfeld mentality. So I think him and Wally had a bond about that. And yeah, yeah. He re- he actually played me like the sh- the Wally Seinfeld mixtape mm-hmm. before I heard it, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Mm-hmm. And then I heard Dice Pineapples in 2012, and I was like, "No!" <laughs> but what can you do? My little brother. Uh, my, I took my little brother to loan with me last yeah. night. And uh, I didn't take him. I, I just basically kidnapped him to be my designated driver. Your bro- yeah, your brother, like, James' brother, like, looks like he could pretty much take out Monty Teo. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely at least, like, you know, like, tackle him one good he's like He's like the schoolboy Q of your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's you know, he's brolic, but... Um, but uh, you know he, you know my little brother. He gets in the car. He's just like, I got the CD, man. It's mixed CD that I made, and the CD was like, <laughs> basically, it was just like Joe Moses, YG, That's and Wale, awesome. <laughs> and Wale. Yeah, no. So after all the YG ratchet shit, it went to like the soft Wale stuff, and I was like, you know, like it was, the song was playing, and then you know, halfway through it, I looked over at him and I just skipped it. He's like, why'd you change it? I was like, dude, we're two dudes. We can't be sitting in the <laughs> no, car. No, you can't do shit. it. It's like Wale. It's like when you want to turn down. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm so turned up. Put on some Wale so I can turn down. He makes foreplay music, like, but not like R. Kelly foreplay where you're gonna get laid. It's that like foreplay where it's like she's like, like, you're like gonna get a hand job. Like, my, no, <laughs> there's no, there's no coitus. There's no release. <laughs> there's <laughs> just like a long, soulful talk. Heavy, yeah. And then you like go to college afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of incense gets gets lit. You, know, you guys fall asleep. It's like music to like. Start penetratingly into somebody else's soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dan's gonna hear this and be like, "Fuck you guys." That's true. That that's why we're unprofessional. <laughs> this is this is shots fired. Where nobody wants to come back for episode two, mm-hmm. except for House Shoes and Mike Eagle. <laughs> Shout out to them. Yeah, they yeah. will return because they're thick-skinned Midwest motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. And like California, where they're like, "What? You're saying something mean <laughs> to somebody's face?" Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> but we're not. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, the episode title is going to be called number 4080 because, well, obviously the famous Tribe Called Quest song, Check the Rhyme, but also because, I mean, have you ever, I mean, have you ever had any interaction in any facet of the entertainment industry that wasn't completely fucking shady? Uh, no, I mean, like I, low in theory aside, like that shit, but like beyond that. Uh, I would like to say that the last, the last, oh yeah, the last industry thing that i did was 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 some writing oh no actually everything i every time i've walked into an office of like a major corporation record thing yeah. it it's it's just like soulless you walk in there yeah. and it's like is the air conditioner on no no it's usually it's just cold in here because the fucking there's no soul in it, this double, place. it doubles as a meat locker yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the for the bodies of dead artists <laughs> the carcasses yeah. of yeah i mean i had the same shit whenever i would like you know they'd be like people would be like oh well you know, are you interested in doing like a TV show? And I remember on Fox, and like I'm obviously a redi- like I'm an absurd person, right? So <laughs> they're like, they're like, tell me about your show. And I was like, yeah, uh, an absurd person. Yeah, I was like, well, you know, blah blah blah. And like, I don't even remember what the fuck it was. And then like, they're like, the woman looks at me in the eye and she's like, so, are you willing to be a character of yourself? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like, I already am a character myself. Like, I don't know how much more of a character She's I can like, possibly. We're looking be. for the Jewish Cat Williams. We need him now. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, don't worry, I'm much dumber than I look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just weird. And or like, you know, you'll get like, you know, you'll. It's just a fucked up place. And I think like, I mean, there's. I don't think like. 
it's possible for people to kind of blow. I mean, like you're always going to, you know, people are always changing managers. People are always getting dropped by labels. And like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't always come out in a clean way. I mean, like there's, Mm -hmm. it's like in, it's like in basketball. It's like players here of like, uh, Mm -hmm. they get, they get traded from like a phone call from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, but I think first, I think we're going to have to just take a break. And then when we get back, I think we're going to talk about Renaya a little bit. We're going to, we're going to watch her songs because he was at, she, he, impersonating a she was at low in theory last night i just i also want to i'm just still befuddled even though like it's like this has been going on for a while like how somebody can claim to talk to a man for a thousand hours and not have like an inkling that it's a woman or not a woman i don't i i I have i haven't been keeping up with it man well we're gonna have some torch ballads so that's all we need anyway so we're about to take a break we're gonna come back all right shots have been fired maybe more will be fired we're going to break yeah, listeners can support Shots Fired directly by donating to the show. You can go to Earwolf.com slash donate to contribute to Shots Fired and other great Earwolf programs. If you sponsor the studio for a day, we'll thank you on an upcoming episode of Shots Fired, plus you'll receive a signed thank you letter. We appreciate your generosity to keep this show and others free for our listeners. You can find out more about how to contribute by visiting Earwolf.com forward slash donate. Now back to Shots Fired. Pow! Shots Fired! What's good? We're back. Shots. We are back. <laughs> we're back. Don't worry. Uh, we, now we're going to play some Renaya songs and kind of just... You had, I, you had to explain exactly who Renaya is. Yeah, Renaya, again, the man who tricked Monty Teo when there's like hundreds or thousands of hours of phone conversations between the two of them. <sighs> this is like positive case I got a man in real life. <laughs> yeah. Hey, dude. This, this What's Ren- your man? <laughs> what does this dude Renaya do for a living? This guy kept on feeding him soup. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he does for a living. Like what kind of... I want to hire him to write something because he's obviously the most creative motherfucker in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, his name is Renaya. And then Daddy Kev, he apparently was at Low in Theory last night. This is not actually a fact, but we're just gonna go with it. There was a lot of random Asian dudes there. So I mean, like, re- yeah. you never know. Yeah, every I, every time. No I mean, plays. it's believable that No Sage Thing has a fan in Renaya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he I does mean, make soulful electronic music, and this is some soulful, soulful American Idol esque covers. Yeah. So, all right, we're just gonna we're just gonna play. You saved again. It's an original by Saved Again. So by Renaya. Is this like a is this like a Christian thing? Saved Again. Well, they're Mormon. Oh, they're both they're Mormon. Bo- I think I mean they got to be bonding on some Mormon shit cuz like there had to be, I mean that's the only logical reason why he couldn't find a more like mm. he's like couldn't find like a you know, Regular a Mormon shit. girl at Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Go, go to YouTube. Well, um, it's a snippet of a song entitled uh, Saved Again. And I pray that you're blessed and that you enjoy. He's playing a Casio keyboard. This is how you. This is how you con a Heisman Trophy. A almost Heisman Trophy winning football player through Songcraft. He's got an immaculate lineup. <laughs> he must go to the barber like every four days. He's daintily playing the keys. His jacket's not half bad. I wear that jacket. <laughs> I wouldn't wear that jacket, but, you know. I think there's a Triton, not a Casio. I was, I lied. I wouldn't recommend that. All right, look. I don't understand this. Like, how do you, uh... Very inspired by Peebo Bryson. No, like, like how do you pretend like you're a girl that wants to be with a dude for that long? How do you do that? 
Unless you want, unless you want to be a girl, like sooner or later, Renaya is gonna be on Santa Monica on yeah. Manta Monica Boulevard. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's how it starts dude, off. You cross Highland on Santa Monica, and anything goes, dude. That donut shop is fucking treacherous. There's, there's so much dong by those donuts. Dude, that's where Eddie Murphy picked up that tranny, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, well, he just wanted to give her a ride home. Exactly because she looked cold. Just a good Samaritan. Billionaire movie star just picking up a woman <laughs> like yeah, like Eddie Murphy's gonna pick, but yeah, I mean, that, I guess that I mean, I have to believe that Manti Teo had to know something was no, he did awry. I just do. I don't know. I can't believe that anybody's that stupid. And I've, I mean, college football players are admittedly. I don't, I don't know if he'd be that stupid, but think about like, all right, like I have to, I have to be excellent at this, so I don't need to think about this. Like, yeah, I feel like you know, it's just like I want a, you know, it, it basically. He just wanted somebody to it's talk like to. That's like how I feel. It's like I have to be excellent at watching YouTube videos all day long so yeah. that like, I can, you know, don't have to focus on like relationships and life things, like paying rent. Yeah, and for all you know that your girl can have a drug addiction, she could be a criminal, but when she sees you, she's in tip-top form. You know, she's you know she's got her best girlfriend voice on. Yeah, she smells good. Uh, yeah, just I mean, like he's like I mean, how do you the spray? I'm sure he's this guy's thought ahead. I bet there there must be like weird love letters that were exchanged through the mail, like lockets of hair. <laughs> I can't even do it. I can't take it, bro. Yeah, but I would no. Kev was saying like uh, that Monty Teo should just be like yeah. Whatever. So what? It happened. I'm an idiot. And this guy should be like, I'm a genius. <laughs> like, look at me. I'm the Joker. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he should just be like swagging around, just being like, I'm the. Gr- I pulled the greatest prank on America. Yeah. Like, this is like Ashton Kutcher's dream. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like the ultimate punked. Yeah, except for it happened in real life, so it's psychotic. There's no money or entertainment, or there's no Topher Grace, or there's no... Uh, I beg to differ about entertainment. Look, we're about to play the How He Loves cover by Renaya. No, it's not really entertaining. It's really painful. Pain, horrible, Again, horrible. very inspired by the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack. Horrible. This is, this, this is America. This is the country we live in, like, guys. He's like a young Peebo Bryson. Yeah. All right. I'd like to hear this. <laughs> you like to hear this? I would like to hear this. Have th- you already listened to these? <laughs> I haven't listened to these. I wanted to save it for the air. Oh, now he's in like hospital scrub, like a hospital scrub v-neck. This is how he loves. How many hits has this got? This has got only 2007. We're we're visionaries for having 2,700. We're breaking this. Hey, this is gonna go viral it's very soon. He's got kind of a basso basso voice. <laughs> he's like a, he can hit the high notes for sure. <laughs> I mean, I really encourage everyone listening to just check out this this like V-neck scrubs. Also, and then watch the uh, the V-neck Lonely Island video because it's like on some. This is like the cheapest kiss. Like, it's not even funny, dude. I again begging. Yeah, it's just moving for me. Um. All right, I want to get this guy in my band. Though. I need him on the keys. Yo, you could—he could sing hooks and shit. Exactly. Like you could just bring him in and get that like Dice Pineapples money. Yeah, really. Just, <laughs> just be like, what? Like he couldn't replace Omarion and Maybach Music Group. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like, if, like at least the Asian Maybach Music Group. Just imagine that Rick Ross like having a press conference. And the Lexus like, <gasps> Group. Yeah. A new signee. Yeah. He, just, he tricked the world. Him and I have something in common. We're excellent crab liars. Meats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they like crab meats. 
Crab meats, yeah. Crab meats. He and loves he, crab meats. I love crab meat too. There's not, <laughs> hey, you can't find a black man in America that does not like crab. Hey, I found, when I was in the Bay, I found out there's a such thing as crab season. Yeah. Dude, oh my God. Yeah. It, was, it was like it was raining gold or some shit like that. I was like always down at the wharf like, hey, let me get that. Let me get that. I would just come home and like, you know, smelling like crab. I, you know, I, we ate crab for weeks, dude. It was amazing. It's a fine meal. <laughs> crab meats <laughs> No I'm in the sweets And I'm eating crab meats <laughs> Yeah I'm telling you He could be on it I like I mean He's he's better than Like Sci High the Prince At everything No Sci <laughs> High the Prince is I, I like Sci High the Prince As a rapper What I don't like Sci High the Prince as Is, is a is prince a, Is an entertainer <laughs> yeah, He's not Yeah not very entertaining they, they, He's, he's he's like mixed like mixtape rapper like I've got a million lines. I mean it's 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 almost like the crooked eye thing, you know. Yeah, it's like damn, you rap your ass off, but you don't have nothing to talk about. No, where's the struggle? No, future. Oh my Not rapping his ass off, but there's so much pain in his heart. DJ Nobody played Turn On The Lights last night with the start off his set. Like, okay, like half the dance floor kind of cleared, but the other half the dance floor was, was transfixed. Like, this is like, this is the greatest moment. Like, yeah. no such thing just played, and now the lights are turning on, and Future is just sad and warbling. Yeah. Jeez. I'm looking forward to... Yeah, no one can no one can compare such convey such pain like future through auto tune. There's no. It's incredible. Uh, just r- real talk. Just just other than the song we just heard, which is uh, how he loves how he loves. Like there's no there's no song in the last ten years that from a dude that's like that heartfelt about yeah. like a woman that he can't find. He's like he's he's looking for Mrs. Right. Yeah, dudes I, don't dudes can't say that. I'm looking for Mrs. Right. Well, Usher corny. tried uh, a love in this club, but not with the not with the heartfelt passion of of, of Nevadius. Well, here's the thing: love in this club is like you know love. This is kind of like I'm just trying to fuck a girl in the club. That I mean, Usher. I don't know what the. Lyrics just lead you to like I just want to have sex with a girl in the club. Future, yeah. future is like it's like how do you get to this point? Future is like I've been at the, the midst of the library. I you know I went to through online dating. I you know I went to the club. I did every <laughs> date. Did. <laughs> did J date. You know future Christian J-Date. Christian mingles. You know black couples com whatever. <laughs> and like just he can't find her. <laughs> He's not looking at bar mitzvahs. Apparently, are they there? Um, like thirteen year olds. I don't know. That's more Chief Keef's territory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, don't invite Chief Keef to your bar mitzvah. I. All right. Speaking of that, I would like, like, I, I just want to meet like a, a a couple that's like half Mexican, half Jewish, and I want to see like a bar mitzvah quinceanera like yeah. at the same time. That'd, That'd be, be pretty great. Tight. They'd be so rich because then you're like, oh, I guess it's only a girl has a quinceanera though. So I mean, but you know, like, like yeah, double up just, on the party. Yeah, can you do yeah. that? Is that is that against any kind of code? No, I think I really think at this point bar mitzvahs are the, just the Jewish way of like being like okay, like just so your son doesn't like fuck up at like 22 and he's like, oh, I'm gonna do anything, and you're like, that's what your bar mitzvah money is for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like smart. Yeah, breaking case of glass fund. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so breaking case of glass, break yeah, glass in case of emergency. Yeah, you're like, is that is that a meth reference? Yeah. Breaking case of glass, I need <laughs> glass. <laughs> yo, yo, that's like it's like it's like it's like very dishonorable. You're like, oh, don't touch the bar mitzvah money. <laughs> very dishonorable. Um, yeah, so we're gonna come back. We, we've had enough of Renaya, I think. Um, lives were changed. Hey, hey, Renaya, you may think that what you did was funny. But it was. But no, it wasn't. <laughs> you wasted. You wasted this guy's time. You broke this motherfucker's heart. You ruined. You ruined his year. If I see you in public, <laughs> I'm gonna throw a, a full Coca Cola 
at your head. I'm going to throw a full like I'm going to I'm going to open it just a little bit, take one sip and then launch it like I'm trying to throw like like a, like an outfielder trying to make it to the pitcher. That's what I'm going to do. And I'll buy you a ginger ale and toast. <laughs> just be like, "Congratulations on pulling the greatest scam in American <laughs> since cat, since the movie Catfish probably." But anyways, all right, we're going to we're going to take another break because we have to pay bills and stuff. I don't know, their bills, our bills. Everyone's bills. Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. The girls at Wild Bills Lounge. <laughs> Shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, and to the seven female listeners, we got another one. So, you got another one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have another female listener. You know what it is, right? We're just climbing it's, 100 it's, steadily. It's my new deodorant. I changed my deodorant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That always works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No cologne, just deodorant. Yeah, they heard we're going to get Sosa in sooner or later, and you know how bitches feel about Sosa. <laughs> they enjoy his presence. <laughs> I love Sosa. All right, let's go All right, to cool. the break. All right. Shots fired. We want to hear what you have to say about Shots Fired. We've talked about Ratchet, Gangnam Style, and Sad Robot Music. But what will we talk about next? What's weird in the world of hip-hop that you, the consumer would like us to cover. Just go to the forums at Earwolf and post your comments about Shots Fired. And while you're at it, you can rate and review the show on iTunes. Now back to Shots Fired. Shots Fired! Yo. Alright. We're back. This is Shots Fired. I am No Can Do, and I'm with my partner Jeff Weiss, and we have our guest with us. Dan Weissman, Lior Brown. Say what's up. What's up, party people? What up? That was that was the so much. I want more enthusiasm out of you, gentlemen. That that Jersey Mike's got me all laid back. Pretend like we're listening to Trinidad James and drinking martinis. You got any air, air <laughs> we sh- horns? Or we should have had some pre-partying going on because uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I just have a glass of water. My friend, yeah, just trying to get turned up. <laughs> got my yeah, you, you can pretend like it's vodka. Yeah, yeah, it's gin. Uh, it's gin. No. <laughs> it's early. It's gin. You, um, got a, you got a BlackBerry. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Yeah. How do you use Instagram with a black? Are you, are you not on Instagram? <laughs> are you not trying? To, oh, okay. You got the other one okay. in your pocket. Okay. Got the right. Galaxy Note. So nice. yeah. So the, the episodes it's, we're we're calling it four thousand eighty because everything in the record company industry is veritably shady. You gentlemen are upstanding individuals, and we wanted to talk to you about. Did just, you know what you're walking into, Leo? Yeah. I it's a trap. We got you. This is the trap episode. I know, right? Yeah, we already had that. Yeah, we, we, yeah, unaired. This is the real trap. This is the real trap. <laughs> Wait, it's a trap. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, like, where where do you... Obviously, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that are listening that, like, you know, make music or... And obviously, it's such a, like, a complicated calculus <laughs> to see who makes it, who doesn't. Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe we start off, like, what do you think is the one kind of thing that people... Um, like is uh, allows people to kind of like is it so is, is it hype is it like just one song is it like a well, grinding is it well, all of these things well, what are you asking is it about uh like money or or people liking you or i mean there's just like all well, these like i feel i get like all these like random like emails and... every day from people like like or like artists that, that are complaining that like oh. yeah they make music or like they you know they, they're like trying so hard to like grind and do it is, or is it just like a matter of having the one right song do you think and people just man that's such a tricky question yeah. i mean it really it, it's so it's so cliche but it really is an individual case yeah i feel like it you kind of got to see what somebody's about if they have a unique perspective vision yeah. for what they're doing that's huge i think a lot of people that spend their time grinding really hard or kind of emulating and looking at what other people are doing instead of trying to kind of find their own voice yeah and that can be it's hard when you're grinding all the time. Like for real, if you're yeah. all you're doing is just doing, 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 it's hard to kind of uh, 
I don't know, have the time to figure out what you're saying. What and, you're really about, yeah. Yeah, you know? Uh, like, I know you know from being on the road, right? Yeah, it's, I just try my best to, like, you know, not think. And Keep. so I just think for, like, that 30 minutes a day. Yeah. And then, you know, so I don't feel like I'm working. And then I have time to write, like, in the van, you know? Well, yeah, and then you have some perspective on what you're doing. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I think it is about trying to – it's hard because in the beginning everyone emulates. That's the point. Yeah. That's how you kind of get your feet yeah. wet and whatever. But at some point you have to turn a corner, I think, and have some – thing to say on your own and mm -hmm. at that point i think is when people can start to really break yeah. out where well, that I mean, is both you guys have identified i mean with with you you know you were obviously you you signed shlomo when he was like a teenager and you basically were working with wale kind of before anyone had ever heard, like years before anyone you know what what like when someone like what was how did you how do you decide who you want to work with um i was just trying to get in the music business and uh <laughs> my my friend i went to dc for a weekend and i asked my friend hey you know any rappers that are tight in dc yeah. And he's like, oh, check this guy Wale. He's got this song called Dig Dug. And I heard it and it had, you know, heavy go-go influence. And he's talking about SBs and in 10 deep hoodies. And that's all the stuff I was in. Can I curse? It was yeah, stylish. Okay. Yeah. That was all the shit I was into. <laughs> it's online. And it's um, all the stuff I, I kind into. of, I was like, all right, like Lupe kind of did it on a certain level. But nobody had sort of come in and like broken in, in the Nike talk fader crowd in terms of being yeah. a rapper i mean the closest thing was like spank rock and to be honest that was kind of the the um framework that i tried to emulate was spank rock i was like what yeah that, <laughs> wale crazy? is spank rock no no but i mean <laughs> like wale you th we thought wale could be spank rock spank no, rock no. dude wait till Maybach me the next no, album no, this, was, <laughs> this was this was like be the new was seven years ago and and yeah. i i said basically you know at the time, in terms of the urban world, it was like Unk and Jim Jones yeah, and completely um, Jibs, you know? And yeah, to chicken, yeah, chicken like noodle soup. Lil Wayne was like just <laughs> starting to become the prolific Mims person that he was, yeah. uh, or is, I should say. And, you know, Kanye had just, uh, was about to do um, Graduation. Yeah, Graduation. Late. No, it was Graduation. Oh, was okay. it, that's yeah. the second record? No, it was the third, third record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, hip-hop was in a really, con I mean, hip-hop was really whack back then. Like people, it was a really horrible yeah, time. Horrible, horrible time. <laughs> I was saying that the other day. I, I was like, no, it was, was so it, bad. Was that, that's like 07, 05. No, 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 no. no I started making Wale in 06. Hip hop was terrible. That, horrible. Like, about, like the people that we were thinking we were competing with were like Youngberg, Sky Zoo. No. <laughs> Jib, no. Jibs, yeah. chain hang. But people low. were yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah. People were writing like like long think, think pieces about like, yo, Papoose is gonna come back and bring back real lyricism. Yeah. Like that Ooh, was like I a never, serious. I never Saigon, thought that. But all like, these, all like these, people were like Saigon. Like, all these people on. forget. Like now, when you have when you have uh, ASAP Rocky selling 141,000 first week and Kendrick Lamar doing 270 first week, people forget that like Wale's first album sold 30,000 copies first week. And it wasn't because it sucked. Mm -hmm. It was just because hip-hop still hadn't really come back at that point. Oh. It was like after that that everything started like with Drake and J. Cole and you know stuff like that that really started coming yeah back. I mean the idea well that was saying like the idea of Danny Brown being like kind of like a like an underground star in 2005 2006 like it wasn't ready for it mm -hmm. like and I think like now you know he could doesn't you know he's on fool's gold he doesn't have to do like he doesn't have a radio song he had a radio song making fun of having th a radio I th song I think that you know the the point of that I think what changed in hip hop was just the t-shirt size once the t-shirt <laughs> size changed <laughs> guys like Wale could do you know they could do, do a little bit more. I think it goes into what we numbers. were talking about earlier, though, too. Just how it's about, I mean, the individual, but also timing, really. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question. It's yeah. like, sometimes you just got to be able to read the scene at the right time and, and know where to, you know. Yeah, well, look, I mean, like with Shlomo, right? Like, so he started making that kind of music. Well, and then The, the Weeknd and XX and all these Drake, that sound is kind of, it, 
it dovetailed with that. There's no doubt about it. But it all started with, you know, just to give you some perspective, like you said, you know, I signed him when he was a teenager, he was 19, yeah. right? I was doing publicity for Low End Theory at the time. Mm-hmm. We, we had, all saw we had was PR? Going on. Yeah. You, you were doing PR? Yeah. What? You didn't know that? Are you kidding? <laughs> like, I just showed up and fucking rapped, I bro. I didn't that's, know that was the beauty of it. That's, that's why y'all didn't even need to know. We were just talking about you guys. And the hidden wow. hand. You were the, they were the hidden hand. Tell, telling everyone wow. how great what was going on was, and we saw the response. People were like really freaking out about people like, you know, Steve Lotus, mm. Flying Lotus, and uh, No Such Thing and, and whatnot. Mm. And I saw this kid with a, you know, an EP online. Shlomo, whatever. I got yeah. attracted to it. Heard it and was like, yeah, that's You it. got attracted to it because the name was Shlomo, though, and I you're did. Jewish. No, I'm that's, not going to. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, had yeah, a, that's, that's, I had a great funny. uncle. I had a great. No, my so, great grandfather was Shlomo. So I don't know, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Was, it's just like a name. Like, wow, it's yeah. Like, like, yeah, it's like why Murray. Why is there a 19 year old kid making be like, yeah, I don't like know. Murray. Like, it's yeah, like, you don't, when you hear Murray, your ears perk up. Yeah. So I checked it out. It just happened to be good. Murray. People responded well to it because there was something happening. There was something in the water. Yeah. I think the same thing, you know? There's. Yeah. Stuff started to pick up Dude, what, around, you know, once you got working for a little bit. So what did you do? Like, how did you kind of, like, it was your first artist kind of to work with, and, like, he obviously turned out to be, he's now, you know, a pretty famous rapper. And, yeah. like, wh- you know, what were, what were the steps that you decided to take to kind of help him kind um, of and mold? I mean, I know you, like, you know, I know you probably don't want to say this, but, like, you definitely played a big part. Like, in the, you know, I'm not so much a fan of Wale shit now, but his early stuff is really good, and, like, I know you were a big part of, like, kind of... Yeah, I actually like his stuff more now than I did back then. I, I mean, I really liked his stuff back then, but I didn't know, obviously, where he was going to go. I mean, my tastes have just changed as I've gotten yeah. older. So a song like Lotus Flower Bomb, yeah. man, I wish he had made that when I was managing him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, um, I mean, really, it was a very, I think, well-laid plan on, on our part, and we kind of executed it almost to a T, yeah. minus the first album flop in. Yeah. Um, in terms of the Mark Ronson cosign, in terms of the, the mixtapes and what they did in terms of going after, like I said, the Nike Talk, you know, forum, which is a very influential community of people, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and going after the fader and going after back in the day, um, low budget um, had this uh, community like message board called uh-huh. Hollerboard, uh-huh. and I would just send all the music out onto that message board. And yeah, all the biggest DJs from AM to Mark Ronson to you know Cosmo Baker to all the people that were defining that sort of fader like i like to call it the fader culture of yeah. the mid 2000s were all there yeah. and so they all got hip to it and they just kind of disseminated it because uh-huh. he was way different than anything else that was going on in hip-hop at that time yeah. like the jibs and the youngbergs and whatnot totally. and people were looking for something to you know grab onto yeah so, i mean we, while the jibs and the youngbergs were happening we were all talking shit while dancing in the clubs you know yeah we were, we were like i hate this song but the bitches love it so well, I, I think what's happened now, <laughs> i think what's happened now i'm not as into hip-hop now as I used to be, but um, yeah. what what I think has happened now is that the the gap between the mainstream and underground has shrunk so tremendously, and like the hood has started wearing tight jeans, and it's all kind of becoming homogenized. I think. Well, the hood started wearing tight jeans, but now they're back to their old ways. Are they? But that was like I haven't checked old, in, in a while. So. Old nine, <laughs> something like that. You know, it's, they they they've loosened out. Like they went the real j- tight. The, po- the post jerking era. Right. Yeah, now they're a little the, bit more. But to, to me, the, fit. to me, the uh, I don't, I don't to know. me the pinnacle of what I'm describing though is actually embodied in the uh, Beyonce "Girls Who Run This World" record uh-huh. because Ooh. to me that song was terrible. Uh-huh. And th- when I, that came out, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, what? Why? None of this makes any sense. Yeah. What what I sort of surmised is that um, Beyonce, who might be a little bit out of touch, um, 
thought that she was mining some sort of underground phenomenon that is Major Lazer, yeah. and that her like core fan base, who were a more sort of gen pop, didn't wouldn't realize where that record was coming from. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact is, they did know where that record was coming from. Yeah. And to me, that and it wasn't as good as the original. And to me, that's why that record flopped. And to me, that was the sort of did that record flop. Yeah, it did. What's a flop? Like thirty thousand records like, for an independent underground motherfucker <laughs> like myself. If I sell a thousand records, yeah, you know that's like like six months rent. You doing you doing well at the time? I'm doing, no, I'm that doing that good. Beyonce. I mean, but, the Beyonce record flopped. Okay, so what were, what were you expecting <laughs> with with the, like the first Wale record? If you like thirty, if you thirty thousand in a week wasn't good good enough, yeah. what were you expecting? You know, you know, it's it's hard to say what I was expecting. It was, um, I mean, to be honest, I, the album did not sort of turn out the way I I envisioned it mm-hmm. and by by that time um you know there was a lot of cooks in the Wale kitchen mm-hmm. um I was co-managing him with with Rock Nation um Interscope was you know very fear fear driven I think at that fear time. driven yeah. yeah I think people were just scared and they they cuz like like I said nobody knew what to do with sort of non ignorant um club Hip hop at that time, mm-hmm. um, where people seemed to bridge well, the, the gap. Well, the industry was changing. Yeah. Well, Drake, yeah. industry was yeah, changing. Drake like and crazy J Cole too. for that. I mean, like J Cole didn't do shit. I mean, he sold a lot of records. I don't yeah. like J Cole. He sold a lot of records, but I'll just yeah. give you. I'll yeah, give you yeah, I know, that, right? I, that was all. Personal. Dude, it was that workout yeah, song. That was like, I hate that. <laughs> no, 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 not even that. No, not even hate. It's just yo, J Cole had no. I mean, has not affected anything. Paula Abdul. He didn't affect it. Like Drake was like a catalyst, you know. No, and you know Wale was even Wale Lupe. They're they're more of a catalyst. J. Yeah. Cole is like the fourth in that in that line of. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say know. I'm gonna say two things about the the Wale thing. The First is is that, and I don't want I don't I'm not trying to toot my or Wale's horn, but go for it. Wale was the first artist to put out a mixtape solely to get famous on the internet. Really? We, yeah, we did not print copies of his first mixtape. Well, I shouldn't say the first. He did two before I started managing him. I was going to say, then, that's kind of a hard hard to like argue. I'm going to have to write the 100, 100 Miles and Running. <laughs> I expect a lot. I mean, I'm trying <laughs> to think of... Because also, like, blogs really didn't come into their own until 2005, 2006. So yeah. it wasn't even like... So we put out 100 Miles and Running in 2007, and that was solely to get big on the internet. Yeah. Because I, I told Wale, let's not focus... You don't chase radio. Because radio is really expensive. Yeah. Don't chase radio. Let's get hot. Yeah. Like everywhere, as opposed to, and and DC will follow and everything else will follow. But the other thing I was going to say is, when the Wale project was coming out, they were, um, you know, we had gotten Lady Gaga on this record, which is a whole another story. But um, I had uh, pushed for putting this song called "Pretty Girls" out first, which was Go Go influenced. Um, the song with Gucci Man. Yeah, yeah. You know, it sampled a famous backyard um, song. Backyard was a famous Go Go band from DC. And everyone was like, oh, no, Gaga, this, Gaga, that. But the thing is, when they put that record out, Gaga had three or four songs on the radio at the time. Mm -hmm. There was no other room. And that wasn't an urban record. It was a rhythmic record. Mm -hmm. There was no room on rhythm radio and certainly no room on top 40 radio for that record. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably a number of reasons why it flopped, but I think that was Mm -hmm. a large reason why it flopped. A lot of times... I, I see people make decisions like that, like, oh, we're going to put this out because this is hot right now. Right. But, like, I think it's, it's a lot of times it's more uh, it's more in, like, artists' benefit to do something genuine and something that only they do well, you right. know? Right, And not getting yourself lost. I, I always say in the music business that everyone always wants to say that one plus one equals two, but that's just not not the way it works at all. This guy right here is, is uh, like, I don't know. 
Lior, because they can't see me pointing yeah, at no. you. <laughs> Lior is, is like the perfect example of like making one plus one equal like 40. Like, like Salva. Like, explain, like, like I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what I think about Salva. Yeah, I met Salva. He, uh, he's, I have a label called Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. He submitted a record with him and his buddy from, from the Bay. Epcot, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're making the beats and they're rapping. And, you know, like, Salva was just kind of floating around. He had his crew and he had mm-hmm. Fright Night. Same way we have Hellfire Club, you know? Mm-hmm. Somehow he hooked up with you. And then now he's, like, the the probably going to be the biggest DJ of the year. Yeah, That's what everybody's projecting. He just got, like, yeah, a I BBC mean, radio show. Yeah, and, he, uh, he's, he's doing really well for himself. I mean, I think with Paul, Paul was an interesting case because that dude had been grinding forever. He'd been around mm-hmm. major... Uh, like metropolitan areas like you know Miami and San Francisco and then mm. to LA. Milwaukee. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, for the good land. But he was like throwing parties and DJing all these different places, yeah. whatever. And you know, when he when we finally linked up, he was in SF, he sent me three different EPs that he had kind of targeted different sounds yeah. with. And I just kinda looked at it as, you know, you, you shouldn't be going after somebody else's scene. You should basically put something out that says all of this is who I am. You take bits of all of them and put out a record. That's what ended up being complex housing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it touched on all these different things. And a lot of people showed him respect kind of all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think the hardest part for Paul was to just get some, a little bit of direct perspective, honestly. Like he just wanted to do so many things at once yeah. that I had to help just kind of funnel it into something that made sense yeah. and was like obtainable for uh, one well, human being. To like I've actually do. Not- you know, like the thing is like, and you know, just like as a journalist doing this for like, you know, five, six years, mm-hmm. You notice that the artists that blow up are very often the ones that have the best management, like because there's somebody that is kind of or like uh, uh, you know yeah. crew kind of like look at Top Dog. I, I, I mean, need, actually, I think you need strongly to, disagree. You with disagree you on that. with that? Yes. Woo! I think there are a ton of <coughs> artists that blow, blow up in spite of their management. in spite of the management. Yes. I don't know. Give me an example. I Gucci can't. Man's mom. You can't, you can't give any examples. I'm in the music business, man. I don't know. I know only 22 people listen to this, but I can't. You can't say somebody blew up in spite, like, in spite of yeah. that. Yeah, get 22 just, text no. messages. What about, oh, man? Come this You can't even talk people, shit about Gucci Mane's mom on the record. So, That'll end well. People are so sensitive in the music business. People are so sensitive everywhere. You gotta. But you can't I, do that. I can't do, do, do that to the I, listeners. I actually don't. So I don't know if it's as much about the management. I always, the thing I always say, and I try to tell my artists, is like, quit tripping so much. It's about consistency over time. I think that that's really all it comes down to. If you, yeah. as an artist, can consistently put out quality work, you're gonna be okay. But I don't think, you see, I think the other. Sorry to interrupt, but I think yeah. the other thing that I've run into in, in my experience is that the grass is always greener. Is what that the hurts feel. people all yeah. the time, though. And, man. That, and you know, and Wale, you know, bless his heart, has managed to I think really cast his net incredibly wide. Um, maybe losing a fan like Jeff Weiss along yeah. the way, but <laughs> which I'm sure is devastating yeah. to the bottom line. Um, but you know, you should like theoretically, I would probably want to lose me as a fan too. I think if I were, it's, a musician. it's it's the old it's the old analogy. You know, rappers want to be ball players, ball players want to be rappers. Yeah. You know, they all want to be doing something else. You know. Diplo killed in the indie world, now wants to be a pop producer and is killing it in the pop world. You know, but he he's not an artist artist, so he doesn't have really credibility to, to try to maintain. But, you know, other artists want to cross over, other artists mainstream artists want to be underground. And just, well like I mean I, I think somebody like Kendrick, I mean, like they you know, this is somebody who I was thinking is a is a good you know, he wh- like whether the management is traditional, like I mean when I mean by management, I mean like a team around you, like kind of somebody that kind of because I don't think you could have top dog entertainment if you didn't have those like they have a studio, they get them together every day, they like picked artists, like, you know, they they found them, put them together, made them got a 
in-house team of producers. Like that's a very old. Well, I, model. I think it's about a, a, a team. I mean, a yeah. team. A team is instrumental, <clears throat> whether it's a management or yeah, whatever. Some people, a lot of people, don't even need labels at this point. I mean, it really is about putting together a team. I mean, that that's obviously the first goal as a manager is to put together people around an artist that can help get them yeah. where you need to get them. Yeah. I mean, that's... And honestly, an artist doesn't think of that shit. <laughs> and no, they We've don't. had this conversation many times, man. Yeah, it's just like, you know, you think, oh, I create, 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 create. I did something really good. I deserve the world for it. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, that's just... That's the and most simple it, way to say if, it. And then if they do have a team and it doesn't work, then it must be the team's fault. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but that's if they're, they're well, an Well, that's asshole. like in sports. It's like, you know, like when, the coach, when it doesn't work, you're just going to fire the coach. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Mike D'Antoni, you you get something. him out. You got to do something, right? You're going you to fire the artist. God, God, like, for, God forbid you look internally and like well, yeah. therapy or something. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Now, like ther therapy fucks up art, though. You can't go to therapy or you just stop. You know, uh, I would you refer to it Metallica rational, some kind of monster. Rational thinking is the worst thing yeah. for art. I mean, no. I don't know what. No, you, you, need, you need groupies and drugs. <laughs> need, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Breakups. You basically need, like, Ty Dallas's cabana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, like, the ideal setting yeah. to create fertile art. For sure. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Let's gonna... take a break. <laughs> this is too much. We've had enough breaks. We've had enough breaks? I think we've had enough breaks. Yeah, I was going to say... Um, you know, with so you say like consistency over time. I feel like there are. Do you, I mean, do you think there are some artists that maybe like their their sound? Like they make really good songs. Like I have friends. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't like. I, I think of one friend. He makes really good like power pop influenced rock. Right, mm -hmm. it's really good. And like you know, my website will write about it. Maybe two other places will write about it. But like nobody yeah. else gives a fuck. Okay. And like that shit doesn't. I mean, like, do you think a lot of it? How much of it is based on like the trend at the time? Like you can make really good music that goes against well, it. The trend of the time is is to me not even a fair thing because really it's about what do people like. Whether it's trendy or can be defined or not, is if people are gravitating to this thing. Okay. So I mean, yeah. I mean that that's the real bottom line. It's like, but you, like I don't think any of my artists really look and go like. I get the trend. I'm really gonna. No, do, no, no, like, no, no. I don't think. Do you get what I mean, like though? Like, but like, I'm saying, like, Salva, right? Okay. Well, yeah. Salva and R.L. Grime have a remix of um, Kanye West "Mercy," which you yep. should hear, and it basically it took off immediately. And but like, Salva had been making music for a while, but it was all these different things, yeah. and this was sort of. But the way I look at it, it is the he'd, he'd been doing it for a while, but yeah. like we talked about, some of it maybe lacked some direction. Maybe he wasn't ready. I mean, yeah. You know, you know. Don't mean to insult my own dude. I love Paul to death, but yeah. ten years deeper in the game, he's ten times more ready now to go in front of a yeah. massive crowd. Well, two chains to I do mean. these things. He was not ready then. Like it took all of these things to get him to where he is yeah. now. Well, all damn. the knowledge, all the parties. Yeah. He's what, what do you think about how two chains? Well, that that, that brings it. me to another question, yeah. though. Sorry, <laughs> no, we, we talked ahead. about two chains on every episode. I believe. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> All right, so he's a great okay. man. What, what do you think makes like a guy like you know Salva ready in his thirties, and then like a guy like Shlomo ready when he's nineteen? Like what, what's what's that what's that characteristic? What's that attribute that makes a motherfucker ready? Well, I don't know. I mean, with those two, just I know them really well. I think Henry just had a really good idea of what he wanted and was clear about that from the start. Like he's always had a purpose, you know, like a sense of purpose. Yeah. I feel like uh, whereas Paul, when we first met, I don't think did. I think he knew what he liked and was all about a lot of different things but didn't know exactly where to put his energy and that's mm -hmm. basically what we've all been like discussing for years now like what are the things that are worth your time what are not mm -hmm. how are you going to funnel all of this uh, amazing excitement into something mm -hmm. uh you know that's beneficial for your career i mean i think that that addresses the two chains thing as well i think it also addresses the rick ross thing i mean these guys are guys that didn't break until their mid 30s mm -hmm. you know i manage a band now called capital cities who they're not an urban act, but they just broke the top 20 in alternative radio, and they're both, you know, 30-plus years old. Mm -hmm. and they've both been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, 
they finally have identified something that works for them that, you know, that's why you find so many artists that abandon the, uh, oh, yeah, I used to be a, a punk in a black punk rock band, but now I'm a rapper. Like, or yeah. I used to be doing this. Or I used like to be, Aloe Black. Or I used to be a punk rock band, and now, now I'm Skrillex, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just finding out who they are. That's what I'm saying. And at some point, you find something that fits. And if you're a real artist that's really devoted to your craft, you're going to find it eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, maybe you are making that music. Nobody's listening to it. The power ballad rock music you were talking about before right maybe decides man this really isn't you know and has to search inside himself and maybe start doing something else or you know hold out long enough till people actually do get what he's doing and and who knows maybe somebody else came along and sang those songs it would work differently but it's there's so much intangible that goes on with why people connect with an artist and why people don't you know well and it helps to have copycats it helps to <laughs> have copycats. I, I absolutely it's think prom- so. Because they're, they're promoting the category. Because there is, and you, <laughs> yeah, and, and you're essentially at the lead of it. If yeah, they're yeah. copying you, it's, you're forever up here. Uh, that's what all I, these people. Are, well, I that sounds like so and so. It's almost. Like, it's almost so like, you're the reference point then. Wow. Then so that's on. like promo. Yeah. It's like in you com- feel me? It's like in commerce too. I mean, RDO and Songza and Pandora all promote the category of streaming music, mm-hmm. and Spotify came in, and you know they have no competition really. Really, but th- but everyone's been accustomed now to streaming music. Yeah, I think yeah. Well, I look at like the ASAP Rocky thing. Like I felt like since he, I mean that that's a kind of an interesting phenomenon to kind of go off that because like okay, he was taking all these phenomenons were on the web. Like Space Ghost Perp was kind of getting buzz. Little B was getting buzz. I have no idea who Space Ghost Perp. Is. Space I, Ghost I've Perp. heard. I, I follow. Him oh on Twitter. come on, man! I follow him on Twitter. I don't know what he does. He's the, I thought he was a, uh, in relation to Purple City Bird Gang, but. He's not. <laughs> nah, he's, he's a young, he's a young kid that like really basically raps like old Three Six Mafia. You know how like mixed jo- with MCA Joey Badass sounds like an old I like. I haven't listened to Joey Badass. Well, like you remember like the sound bombing tapes from Ruckus? Yeah, take the, the wackest song tapes. on that record. So and like, that's Joey Badass. I put him in skinny R- jeans. So like R A the, R-A the Rugged Man. <laughs> no, yeah. no, like Shabam Sadiq. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to keep it one hundred. No, I'm, he's I'm, a horrible rapper. I'm letting you do it right now, man. I agree. I can't listen. But space goes. Space goes. Perp is. I like Space Ghost Perp. Yeah, he's just just like too real for too real for. uh, It's like he just the industry, yeah. Yeah, he just is like in his own world, like just painting his nails black. That's why I thought that was when 4AD signed that. Yeah, but they cleaned up his record. It was like it was stupid. Like the appeal of it was like murky tape cassette. I honestly, I would love to manage another rapper again, but I honestly feel like there's no way I could ever be early enough on something ever again. <laughs> Do you think it's just because the, the culture has kind of just become so first, first, No, first, I think because the, the internet killed the internet rap star. <laughs> you think so? I mean, it's like nothing, like there's artists that I'll reach out to on Facebook that have like 200 likes. Like, yeah, I already got management. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, that's like his homie down the street. No, like, like some, <laughs> no, sometimes they'll have like you know there'll be yeah. an email address there of somebody I recognize. I'm like crazy. How? Yeah, like, yeah. like every because A and R's don't leave the house anymore. They just like surf web portals. Yeah, they're interns. What are you gonna say? Yeah. What, what you need is too. with me. Yeah. I have my little brother. <laughs> Get I have job. my little sister in law. <laughs> yeah, you just need to like have like take a kid out to like you know Jamba Juice. Like, you know, <laughs> your niece, but, here, but here's your, the thing. Here's the thing. What I because I think about this a lot. Like, I think that. If um, I, I think the amount of work that Wale and I put in, I, I, I honestly don't think had had he met had he not met me, I don't think things would have played out the same way they would have because he and I were just like a real perfect match, and he he literally listened to every single thing I told him to do, mm. like everything. Mixtape about nothing. That yeah, a- actually, to be honest, he had the idea for the Seinfeld yeah. mixtape, and um, and Catch Dub's uh, title of the mixtape about nothing. Uh-huh. 
So I'm not going to take complete credit for that. Yeah. But 100 miles of running, that was that was me and Wale, like just in it. But yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how people get on stuff so early now. It's really incredible. Yeah, I mean, I feel similar. I, I, I don't know that I could find Shlomo again or whatever, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the idea that I was... I was young and hungry and like excited about everything yeah. and happened to catch this tape early on or whatever. But it was also like when like kind of the low end theory thing. Yeah, was, like, no, it was right place, right time. So, yeah. What I'm saying is like, and I, I don't know if I can... it's kind of annoying to like listen to a bunch of kids CDs all day, right? It's really right? annoying. Oh, God. Right? No, I mean, yeah. there's a certain point when you realize you don't really have to well, it's that also, much it's, anymore. You all, want to here and there, yeah. but it's I'm it. 30 now. Like yeah. I'm not the core demo for this music. Yeah. Like when I signed Wale, I was 23. Yeah. I was the core demo. Like I don't wear 10 deep anymore. I'm. I don't shop on Fairfax, like mm-hmm. so. I can listen to. I listen to something if I if I hear a good song, I'll be like, man, this is great, you know. But like, if if I'm listening to Tyler the Creator, that doesn't like appeal to my inner like music. You, know, you don't like uh, rape. No, it's just like I love. <laughs> I don't know. Like- well, you got a problem. I love everything. I love everything that he's done, like the, and the brand that he's created for himself. But that's the thing. Like I, I don't know if this is going to resonate with with the kids these days. You well, know? I feel like yeah, that yeah. was an example. Like that shit, from in my opinion, like blew up way too fast, way too soon. And I think like they probably, with the exception of Earl, who I think will probably make really compelling music for a, a while at least, mm-hmm. but. When you there's no incentive to improve when like you're 19 years old and like your music is a really good demo tape like yeah. his stuff was for I mean Goblin is a pretty good demo Yonkers yeah. is a great nice. great song great but mm-hmm. there's no A and Ring because who are you gonna, who are you gonna tell Tyler created this he's like I got a million Twitter followers like he doesn't need right. you know and like that I mean it just like I feel like the web offered somebody like that who's a personality the, the platform the, to kind of have music be the, the thing that that frustrates me is that basically your music and your um, popularity can really only be as good as the connoisseurship of the audience that's listening to it. So if you listen to something like Mac Miller, which doesn't, I again really like him. I love his like whole vibe. But like, does he still exist now that there's Macklemore? Yeah, but he like, exists? All, my, as long as my 14 year old cousin is, is yeah, or <laughs> right. my 14 year old cousin has to have two posters on her wall. Right. But, but I'm saying like, you know, you look at like a Kanye West album, like that shit is amazing. Yeah, that shit's something that like to me moves the culture forward. Yeah, you know, I'm not not even talking about hip hop culture. I'm talking about pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, but like you go and listen to, I, I don't know if you listen to Mac Miller album. Does that does that move it forward? Like. I, you know, I don't well, know. Well, one thing you well, can't say. He's like say, the, almost pe- like the white Joey badass in some ways. Like he's just doing that boom bap. And like, I just want to be clear: I'm not talking shit yeah. about him because this this, I, this podcast is called Shots Fired, and we have twelve. I listeners. know, but I can't. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen, according to our last Facebook census. Yeah. Shout out to our new female fan. One more. Dan, what do you what do you look for? And like, I mean, are you looking for new artists? Now? Like, what do you yeah. what do you, yeah? What do you look for? And I mean, somebody now I, you know, I'm managing Capital Cities, and they're like an indie band, and they make great songs. And like, I, I just like great songs. Yeah, is really what it comes down to. That's why I say, you know, I wish Wale had made that Lotus Flower Bomb when I was managing him. But, you know, all kidding aside, because it's an amazing song, we get nominated for a Grammy. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, you know, just rapidy rap and rapping for the sake of rapping just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, and so you know. That, like guitar well, shredding, like but it's, yeah, interesting. Exactly. it's interesting you say that though too because we started as a, like a beat label, like we we signed producers who made instrumental tracks. That was like where we got started, yeah. and mm-hmm. at some point, I I mean I've always loved great songs, obviously, but at some point I crossed the threshold too and was like, don't send me beats, like 
I mean, even if it's instrumental, I'm fine with that. But make sure it's like conceptualized. Like, have something. What are you? It's what a are you low sending? ceiling. Don't I think just sit there and just... make a beat that you can do in five minutes and tell me you have an album ready. Like, yeah, it's not, well, you're not there. I like, think when you think about you it, like songs you look and... back in like '90s rap, right? Like, I mean, like a lot of the artists that people revere, not like the great, great ones, but the ones like below them. Like, a lot of them is just rapidy rapping. The, the songs really aren't there. Like, I mean, I love that first Lords of the Underground record, and mm-hmm. it has like two or three good songs. But it's like that mostly was also just about rapidy at the time, rapidy rapping wasn't like tiring or whatever. Like, at some point, like I've listen to enough beats again yeah. having worked with low end theory mm-hmm. having done a, you know my own label npr for other people whatever all this stuff i heard enough beats i, I get it i yeah. know i know what that's about well, i mean you can still make instrumental music but i think yeah. again it has to be a conceptualized yeah. thing i think a thing does a good job of that yeah mm-hmm. I also, you know what I mean? I but it's progressive i mean it's progressive it doesn't sound like the electronic music yeah. that was made it i mean i but feel like the same music he was making three years ago yeah. it's like mm-hmm. progressed and it's yeah. moved forward like that that's why it's okay yeah. for me. But even, you know, even though I work at Lone Theory, I've never liked beats for the sake of beats. Yeah. Even though I'm a Project Blowed kid, like a cypher, cypher guy, mm-hmm. I never liked rap for the sake of rap. I understood that like this is what we have to do to, for, for the sake of camaraderie. Like songs are songs resonate with people. Like ver- nobody has like nobody has like What's this, that a, beat, a beat that they go to whenever they feel a certain way. Yeah. Like, Except no. for Clams Casino, <laughs> he. Like, that's true. That was like the, that. But, but even those all started as fucking rap songs. That's man. true. That's true. <laughs> where's that going? Where, and you know, songs. and then like at a certain point though, you have to evolve beyond that. I think any artist, like I mean, we could maybe like Shlomo, if he was making the stuff that he made in his first record, like would not have blown up the same way. Like Dude, after he tells a while. me, <laughs> let's just say he doesn't say the nicest things about that early work. Like yeah. he's blown away that I signed him based on that kind of thing. But yeah. I mean, it's all to me. It's about promise and then having the work ethic and like the drive to want to get better and yeah. you know do what you do to the best of your ability. And, like that was something. I always saw with him and he just always pushes himself kind of thing I think that's really what it's about pushing yourself like if you're just going to do a rapidy rap whatever or like a beat you know I, I just yeah. think you got to put something in it man you got to yeah. put your heart in it that's what real you know artistry is about I, I think that um, I think when some when a kid decides oh, I'm going to rap he doesn't say oh, I'm going to rap and make this rap into a really awesome song he says I'm going to rap because he has somebody he wants to get off his chest yeah. and if it ends up working great but I, I think most of them until they I don't think most kids that come out the gate and maybe get a little success off the bat have in mind that they, oh, maybe they do need to make a song in order to get on the radio. I mean, I'm looking at the urban radio play chart right now, and it's like Chris Brown, T.I., 2 Chains, Kendrick Lamar, Trinidad James. I mean, even All Gold, everything. I mean, that's a song. That's a great song. It's a great song. My friend, I was in Atlanta in September before it all blew up. My friend played it for me. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, This is amazing, mm-hmm. you know, and like he's like a that LeBron hipster. Video, though, that LeBron video I, really took that I didn't over the top. You didn't, oh, you didn't see, see yeah, clip. I saw that. Did they, you caught, see yeah. they caught him in warmups doing the pop the molly. I'm sweating, dude. It's in every NBA it's arena. Just, it's like, but just getting LeBron yeah. on, loop yeah, it was hilarious on YouTube. Yeah. And I know like the gif is like that shit yeah. took that to another place because it took it outside of just like you know pop radio and took it into pop culture right you know what i mean like that's lebron dude that guy yeah. is the number one celebrity and that dude trinidad james was like a larger than life character though he's yeah not, he's not it's, just it's a, a lot of good it's a he's lot of like things happening stylistic. At once. there's no doubt yeah, about yeah, it yeah. yeah um but yeah i mean i think you look at urban radio i think all the songs that rise to the top are actually songs mm-hmm. you know fucking problems miguel's adorn i mean that's to that's me one of the best songs of the year yeah you know well, best song's... album all last yeah year. that song is yeah. amazing that whole album is is great yeah I, I want to say, like, when most kids pick up any instrument, whether it be rap or a guitar, what sells you on it? Was this thing that sells you on it on rap, at least for me, was hearing, like, the first, like, ill, like, 
piece of wordplay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I can't believe somebody put these words together. Like Eminem, kind yeah, of. But like Eminem, Eminem had DMX, songs. you know, Jay-Z, yeah. all, 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 all that stuff. Like, all those guys that had the really ill wordplay, that's what sold me on it. A guy who picks up the guitar, like, you know, you're like, ah, I want to do this, that really cool thing with the whammy bar and the shred. Like, nobody yeah. wants to, like... Do the slow kind of yeah. like ease in, you know, chord progressions. Well, stuff. like I that's think, not appealing. I think Kendrick kid, Lamar know? to me was a really interesting example. I just wrote a piece kind of about like his early mixtapes mm-hmm. and like, all right, he starts off. He's like, what, twenty nineteen years old? He's like trying to be like Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Like, and apparently at the time, like Top Dog had a deal, had like a ten. They were like in talks with Rock Na- Rockefeller or Rock Nation, whatever mm-hmm. it was, to kind of do something, and. So then, like, he wanted to be Lil Wayne on the next album, and, or on or C4 mixtape, right? It's mm-hmm. called C4. It's basically, like, covers of Carter Three songs, like, yeah. in, in, like in Kendrick's words. Mm-hmm. He has a song called West Coast Wu-Tang, where it's just him and Absol rhyming over the beat to tears. Yeah. Like, and they're just, like, just rhyming, right? You know what I mean? Like, they're just rapidly rapping, right? Yeah. And then... See, but that, again, it's about taking in all the influences, yeah. to, like, learning who you are, and then being yeah, able to come takes, out yeah. with something. I mean, it takes that time, yeah. and then somebody... Ended up signing him and help coaching and putting together some solid help. I mean, this album that's took him over the top. Yeah, like, that's, that's it. what it I took like about hip hop versus any other genre. Is like, like all right, the, I, I hear that there's no artist development anymore in the music industry, right? In hip hop, you can just kind of make as many mixtapes until you get it. Yeah, and, that's true. And you know, that was I was and, thinking and about two chains. Core it took him fifteen can just years. Kind of just fuck with it. And as soon as you, you know, fuck around and make a great song, yeah, they're standing behind it. Yeah, and you know, yeah, I mean pretty cool well that's the idea too is just content quality over time do you think i mean do you think the internet now it's obviously you know it's not novel anymore it's you know the the, we're talking about like blog stuff started like seven years ago basically when that kind of started popping but do you think it has created a culture now where salva can drop like salva's been building 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 got a core fan base are you kidding jerome lowell Lowell boys yeah it's another one of our artists yeah on the label i mean Mm -hmm. he is an internet artist that's all he is man i mean he wouldn't exist without the internet like Mm -hmm. his his entire persona, his humor, his artwork, his, I mean, use of yeah. pop culture, everything is just a reflection of the internet. Yeah. That's but then I, sometimes those, call, I mean, like, like a, you know, then you have like a Krayshawn too, who is completely internet, but that shit didn't sell anything. But I mean, yeah, that, that was, one, I, I think that was just because they waited, just got, I think they they waited, waited too, long. too long. Yeah. yeah. And that album was fucking awful. I, I didn't listen to it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I just feel like that was a little different. Like yeah. she, she was in the news a little too much for not doing enough. And yeah. At the end of the day, it just it caught, here, here, here's what I here's what I think the problem is with the internet though is that it it, it um, leads people to strive for aberrant success, which is nev- ne- never should be strived for. Yeah. You should always strive to do your thing. Yeah. You should never say get oh, paid to do you. Don't right. You should never say oh man, I want to I want to blow up in in one day, basically like Drake did. You know because that's. One in a million. But didn't situation. he have like like big managers before when he blew up? I mean, no, the, he no? didn't. No, he he had this guy um, named Terrell Slack who was managing him, who I who I knew. Uh-huh. He was trying to get Wale on a record. That's how I first got put on to him. I I blogged about him before anybody else ever blogged about him. <laughs> Look at you, when it was, seriously. When he was wow. with you, when he was yeah. little, with Simpsons little brother. did it over yeah. here. Yeah, um, comeback season uh, mixtape. Um, yeah, like the, yeah. there's like little brother yeah. spots yeah. on it, right? Or, exactly. Yeah. And um, I told Wale, I'm like, you should get on this guy's mixtape. Like yeah. he's really good. Mm. And then he. I'll never forget while they played a show at uh, Highline Ballroom in December of 2008. Well, when did when did the Thank Me Later come out? 2009, right? Yeah. February 2009. So December 2008. And uh, Jay-Z was there. Leonardo DiCaprio was there. Kid Cudi opened for Wale. It was an amazing show. And I'm standing to, um, next to the bar, and I look to my left, and I see Drake standing there by himself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... <laughs> He's like a song is developing. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, I'm so sad. And I was like, dude, I was like, dude, 
I was like, you're Drake, right? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, man. I, yeah, I managed Wale. I got put on to you a few months ago. I, I heard you just signed with, uh, you know, Gene Cortez, you know, or managing Wayne at the time. He's like, yeah. I was like, you know, congrats, man. He's like, cool, cool. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, enjoy the show. Yeah. That was it. I ran in, I run into Drake two or three times since then, and I was wearing this play clothes varsity jacket that night. Yeah. And he's like, Dan, you had on that play clothes varsity jacket that night at Highland Ballroom. Yeah. Like, he was there, like, observing and was just like, yo, I'm about to shit on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've got this one song. Yeah. Oh, it's the best you've I ever heard. Yeah. I have 25 more songs. Well, and it's okay to wait yeah. your turn, too, yeah. man. It's okay to look around and watch and see when it's right to kind of you know yeah. get in the game I yeah don't know. i think that that's smart but, i mean i yeah. feel like that's kind of what we were talking about with salva yeah. too it's like waiting for the right moment to strike when you're ready yeah but yeah. don't be disappointed if you don't crash the internet your first mixtape yeah. like you know just just strive to get it out and well, make I think you're probably product. not going to I mean, right that's the bottom line but <laughs> like okay I, I was not. talking to this rapper i'm not going to name his name yeah. god i don't want anyone else no. god he's, he's boring he's, super Come on. he's got like 200 <laughs> likes on facebook I'm come talking, on i'm talking about management because i think he's really dope and he's got that hunger in his voice and he and i was like you know i asked him i was like what do you uh what if there's somebody's uh ascent that you can mimic who would it be he said drake i was like all right well you know drake was on a tv show for like 10 years yeah. and, like was already kind of like famous yeah. you're not gonna do that you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. like so what would be somebody else he's like our asap rocky i was like all right that's a cool thing to yeah. to strive for but he's like yeah but i want to make the impact that drake's first mixtape made when it came out and i was just like you realistically that, it's great though. to dream but Drake's yeah. first mixtape was his third mixtape right oh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, and his first mixtape I swear to god like it wasn't like it was like the comeback season or whatnot yeah. the one it, that looks like a J. Crew catalog yeah, that one yeah, yeah. Um, that that <laughs> wasn't popular no, I mean not popular. Like, I don't know anybody that no heard it was it. not popular the first mixtape the thing that was, was popular good. was the EP with best I ever had on it yeah. no that, that, that mixtape I remember when it came out was comeback season no the one after that no that was the one with the best I ever had that whatever had the best I ever had. But well, then I think it they released popular. it as an EP. As an album, yeah. They released oh. it as like an album EP. Yeah, but you're talking about the one with the Lee Healy sample and the yeah, Peter Jam yeah. sample, yeah. Mm. I mean, and that, and that again, like we're talking like that was like I, like at the time, like he had a, it, it was that right moment too. Like whereas mm. that little brother thing, little brother didn't pop. No, like, they didn't. But he was on TV, so I think people really. And this was, you know, this was '09, and people think, oh, it was just only a few years ago. But like the internet has changed a lot since '09. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, like a lot, and you know, people did not. People underestimated, I think, what his what kids' awareness of him was that had watched Degrassi. I think, yeah, yeah, people like were about that. I don't yeah, know, man. they were about that wheelchair, no. Jimmy. You think so? Yeah, dude. Yeah, kids man. Watch that show. Dude, yeah, they a Nick, lot of kids. Which Nickelodeon dog? I don't if know. That's what on you, Nickelodeon. It I thought was. it was a Canadian show. Yeah, but it was on Nickelodeon. It was, but it still was on. But I don't the know. New oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you watch. I watch Nickelodeon. When I was I a kid, I watched Nickelodeon. I didn't get Disney Channel, so I only watch Nickelodeon. Yeah, so you I just was, watched a lot of episodes, like, a lot of episodes of Hey Dude. The same if, hey Dude, if, all if day. Fucking, whatever his name was from Hey Dude, the Native American dude came out with an album. I, that would, I would connect those dots. Not yeah, that everyone, would, that's the thing. Like because like all you needed is like the name recognition. You're like, if it's good, it's gonna be good. Yeah. People are gonna like want to listen. No, no, straight no, up, no, straight no, up and no, down. No, no. Shlomo, hold on, Shlomo started his fader mix with a screwed version of the All That theme song. Yeah, <laughs> and it Look, went. Uh, he plays that in his live shows. Really, you did for a little bit. Not really doing it now, but. I swear to God, this would get... Ev- he plays a screwed Christina Aguilera song in his set right now. Wow. People hit us up. All the- Can you put out that remix? It's literally just slow down. <laughs> slow down. Yeah. yeah. All Dude. it is. They're freaking out of genie in a bottle screwed. Yeah. Look, look Keenan Thompson so is somehow still relevant no because of all it. that. Yeah. yeah. You know? 
Dude, good. Yeah, but I think it's maybe because he's just a hard worker, maybe. He's, he's, not, he's not funny, that's for sure. Oh. Yeah. No, There's a shot know. being fired. <laughs> I, I'll, and you know what, man, my dad, uh, I, my dad is a movie director. He gave Keenan Thompson his first role your, ever. And your I dad my, directed wow. Mighty Ducks, right? Mighty Ducks 2. And I, Mighty, Ducks. I gave, Mighty Ducks 2? Yeah. Damn. Damn. I like that because they had the two knuckleheads in yeah. it. Like, the first one only had one knucklehead. Yeah. That one had two knuckleheads. Now, yeah. now he's talking to you at the right the right time, yeah. the right generation. <laughs> oh, he you just got, got me. you. It clicked. Got Fuck. You Fuck. <laughs> just like that. Man, I feel like a pawn. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that dude, what's the guy's name? Uh, the other the other black dude on SNL who does all the impressions? He's uh, so much funnier than Keenan. Yeah, but his impressions aren't like spot on, though. But none of us know his name because mm-hmm. Keenan was, <laughs> he was in Good Burger. Keenan and Kel. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. What's Kel up to? Not much. Kell is a Todd. <laughs> He's a Todd rapping. Bridges of that group. Like, oh. Oh. Todd Bridges, though, outliving everybody on different strokes. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who'd have thought that was going to happen? Todd Bridges sneaking up on everyone. Crack- <laughs> Whatever happened to Bo Bridges? <laughs> Bo Bridges? I don't know. He's just in Jeff Bridges' shadow forever. Oh, and yeah, Todd Bridges' shadow I'm forever. Gonna, Wasn't he in the uh, Fabulous Baker Boys? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, so was I guess, movie. like, um, we should, you know, where do you think it's, I mean, where do you think it is right now? Do you think, like, obviously there was this talk, you know, like, when, two, when the internet kind of, 2004, 2005, whatever, everyone's like, ah, oh, there's not going to be a music industry. And then it pretty much, what, like, sales were up, like, 5% last year or something? Or And the world was supposed to end well, last yeah. year, December 21st. I mean, it all like, depends on but, what perspective. That, a lot of that talk is, is record label talk because yeah. they're the ones that care about record sales so much. Yeah. I mean, I think... Bottom line is now the new industry is about making money in different ways. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there is record sales. You're not going to not make a dime yeah. from it, but you know, just between songwriting and you know, publishing and touring and merchandising and all. I mean, there's a lot of ways to make money. Not, not for every artist. Not for every artist to just get started. But I mean, if you can get a fan base together, there are a lot of ways to make money. And I think that's really the future of the industry. Yeah. I mean, the doomsday people are the ones that own the masters, and there's really not a lot of ways to make money with masters. The way you know yeah. there used to be yeah. was the only way to make money was like just sell the shit out of those. Yeah. Now, you know, obviously licensing and stuff is a way to do it, but really, I think the the power is in the artist's hands. Shout out that. to Flash Blaine Grenada. We just licensed our first record to motherfucking the Real Husbands of Hollywood. Woo! Yeah. Nice. Which what, song? Which record? I could teleport, ho. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That you should that listen to that record. One of the most underrated rap records the last five Shlomo years. Shlomo produced a sure. track on that record. Yes. That record yes, is. Yes, a, he did. He actually. I love that. Produced beat. a song Ten, with Dell. Ten haters. Yeah. So I got I got I got a slow-mo beat and I got a Dell feature at the same my, my yeah. whole my whole backpack low thing is cleared. I didn't have to ten. do anything. If you think that yeah, just I that, love that beat, by the yeah, way. Yeah, get get ten haters if you're listening awesome. to this. If you haven't heard that, honestly, one of the most slept on records. Like it's a great, great it's no can and bus driver. I actually ran into Reagan. Just killing it. I feel so yeah. out of the loop right it's now. It's a great record. I highly Dude, recommend that's it. That's why you're here. You're here to get into yeah. the Yeah, this is You didn't research the host of the Yeah, God. Come on, you don't come prepared to these things. Seriously, you're not into anything. You guys just seem like cool guys. No, uh, what, so Ooh. you know what about what if you're an artist though that like you know say there are artists that don't aren't really don't have a good live show. Is it just you're fucked? Like no, no. Now no. you put on a mask. Listen, listen. I went to see Meek Mill in concert this summer. Yeah, he's last summer a good live show. Seemed, yeah, oh, oh man, yeah. sold out House of Blues Boston, 2,500 people, and I'm not da- I'm on the bottom floor towards the back of the uh, the center area. And uh, I love Meek Mill, like his songs, his yeah. whole thing, love it all. And after the show, I turned to my friend. I'm like, "Do you think people walked away from that thinking that was a really good show?" And I, and he's like, "Yeah, I do." And it goes back Amen. to the it goes back to the connoisseurship <laughs> thing yeah. that like he's playing every single record over the vocal version of his songs, like yeah. screaming loud, 25 people on stage, DJ dropping air horns and bombs, and like everyone loved it. Like yeah. this is what I can tell you about rap shows and in, in the year 2013. <laughs> yeah. 
I've seen really horrible rap shows start mosh pits. All yeah. they people just want to hear the songs. It's like the yeah. the rappers are now DJs. Yeah, like I've seen. Yeah. Like, that's uh, interesting. Not horrible. Explains ASAP Rocky and Skrillex so well. Yeah, but basically they're rapping over the backup track. They just want the energy. Of, they want. There's a party over here. There's a party. There's a party yeah, behind a, you. They're like girl talk. You, they're like trying you know? to be party facilitators. Yeah, pretty much. You know? I mean, yeah. also like I went to Rock the Bells and all these dudes like two chains. Yeah. They're literally mm-hmm. just playing their feature on a song. Yeah, and it allows them to play the song. Dude. So everybody just starts going nuts. Thank and play God. Like 30 yeah. seconds of the song. Thank God that he can play bands that make her dance at Cali Christmas. It, you know, during every single set. And then the verse is over. I'll cut that shit. Twelve times during a day because everybody. Featured what? on the on the track and playing it. I think the other thing yeah. too that's to me is interesting. And I'm kind of curious what you guys think. Like you know, you do have an artist or, or Juicy J is like 37 years old. Yeah. They're both like in their Rick Ross is like mid to late 30s. That's pretty like uncommon. It never happened in hip hop and really electronic music was not like the province of 35 to 37 year olds either. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is just there wasn't the longest history of it. It used to be just about new, 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 and then at some point, I don't know. Mm-hmm. At some point, it's true. Like people, there was room for older people to get involved, but. And to know. keep it 100, dude, older people just have better ideas. Kids are stupid. <laughs> They're stupid. What's it's, it's about it, feeling. Except and, for Shlomo, because he's 19. Nah, he's an idiot, too. I'll tell him that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is. Dude. But, you know, I, I, I just good think energy I think good ideas, too, I think sometimes. the gap, though, between when you're talking about artists that are, you know, 25 and under versus 30 plus is that, you know, with the, and even with Kanye, not so much being a trendsetter anymore because his, his wardrobe and his whole fashion sense is just unattainable. Yeah, it's, you know? this, yeah. it's just out of this world. And like Jay-Z, and to range. me, Jay-Z's never really been a trendsetter when it comes to fashion. He's always kind of just, you know, mind other people's shit. Nobody's trying to dress like Rick Ross, that's for sure. Yeah. And nobody's, trying to, nobody's trying to dress yeah. like 2 Chains either because he's so flamboyant. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the ones that, I mean, if you, and you can be a great artist and be popular and be 30 plus, but if you want to be that trendsetter, totally. tastemaker, it's, to me, it's well, like it's you like, have to look you know, like the kids that are following you. That's true. Like, that's why ASAP Rocky, I think a big exactly. reason why he blew up without, you know, and there's other stuff behind it. But, I mean, he's somebody who had good management too and, like, it really helped him kind of, at least in terms of, like, maybe the day-to-day management might not be good. But, like, I mean, I think, like, somebody helping you to kind of figure it out because like, I don't know any good artist that's ever like, man, I've, I'm reading blogs on the internet. Like, that is, like, the worst. You shouldn't read any of that shit. Oh, Wale definitely does that. It's yeah. painful. He yeah. shouldn't do that. Yeah. And that reading his own press you know or reading other people's press. Well, he reads the comments section, but, you oh. know, like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he goes oh, in. No. He's listen, gone in on listen, some not right listen, commenters. I, I was with Wale in, in September in Atlanta, and he was saying something, and then he's like, Dan, what do you think? I was like, you know what, man? I was like, I think it's fucking crazy that you're famous as shit. And like successful shit, and you still care that somebody's talking to you, like talking shit to you on Twitter. But I was like, you know what? That's what makes you you. And yep. like people identify with Wale going at his haters on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's hilarious. Yeah, some people. I mean, Peter Rosenberg does that too. He got like he got that. some yeah. dude that was hating on him trending on really? Twitter. Yes, that yeah. was powerful. Good yeah. for that guy. You know yeah, what I made happen on Twitter? Actually, yeah, like, yeah, Taco Bell agreed to put out uh, the Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Taco. Wow. Yes. That's tight. I, did that. I tried that taco once with yeah. the shell. It was pretty bomb. It's just amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. It's genius. We should probably <laughs> should try I fuck to, with this dude. Yeah. Jeff, where'd you get him from? Yeah, man. <laughs> dude. Known him for years. He's a good man. That's anyway, great. so, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, we're, you know, we got to kind of start wrapping it up, but, you know, where, like, if you, where do you think it's going, I guess, like, you know, if, I mean, it's such a stupid thing to say, like, you're like, oh, where's it Because no one really knows, but if you could kind I, of. I think we should end it. I'm going to end it with this statement right, right here. Take well, what if I want to end it with a statement? Then you can and you can say the you same thing first. I said okay. and negate it. Okay. What I just said. Okay. All right. This this 
episode is uh, tagged or titled incorrectly. Yeah. You know, uh, we're for, changing the name now. Yeah, episode 4080 <laughs> Industry Shit is Shady. There's nothing shady said. No nothing shots. Shady. Very, few, very few shots were fired. We had the wrong idea completely. We in, <laughs> we informed you, we entertained you, but we didn't, you know, we make lie. anybody feel bad. They're going to edit out edit out the thing that I said about that thing. <laughs> yeah. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no shots fired. But hopefully interesting for America. Yeah. All 220 people of you. I'm here with the two million. best managers I've ever met and the best journalists I've ever met. Jeff Weiss. <laughs> Leor Brown. I know. Why am I doing that? <laughs> and Dan Weissman. I'm no can do this. Shots fired. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead.